Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Beck. As a longtime fashion blogger, I've loved connecting with my audience over the years on all things life, work, love, and everything in between. And I wanted to bring that to life on this podcast. You can consider the Beck and Call podcast a weekly catch up with your internet bestie, where I share personal life updates, recent recs and reviews, and discuss relevant, interesting topics for women in their 20s, 30s, and beyond. I am so glad you're here. So let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I just got back from the most incredible trip to New York and we'll be detailing every moment of it. It was so invigorating to be there and just go somewhere else. I feel that was my first trip of 2023, if you can believe it. But just having the change of scenery and being in the stores and feeling the clothes and catching up with my friends who I haven't seen in several years, it's been, oh my gosh, like I feel so inspired coming back home from that trip and it just really gave me the push that I need to do that more often and not just wait for big trips like going to Europe at some point or going to Argentina. Like I need to do shorter trips like that just to keep my creativity flowing and continue to inspire myself and invigorate myself and all of those things. It just was like truly the perfect trip. Before I get into sharing about the trip though, let's go ahead and get into Rex and reviews because I've got some good ones for you and then we'll do the full New York City trip recap. You're probably going to think this first recommendation is very random, but I recently started listening to Suki Waterhouse's music. You might recall she played Karen, the keyboardist in the TV adaptation of Daisy Jones and the Six. And she also is known for dating Robert Pattinson, being a model slash actress and other things. She was also in Divergent, if y'all remember that. I think she was in the second movie. She's been on the scene a long time, but I feel like in the U.S. she's making more headlines because of Daisy Jones and the Six and probably Robert Pattinson. But I I'd seen that she was a musician. I'd seen that somewhere, but I'd never given her music a chance. But I think just I don't know. Enjoying Daisy Jones and the Six, I kind of was interested to hear what her music was like. And she posts a lot on Instagram about like touring. So I don't know. I was just curious. So I took a listen while I was in New York this weekend and I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's not usually the kind of music that I would just gravitate towards. It's very soulful. Her voice is really soothing. It's a little raspy, but it's just, it's very calming. I don't really know how else to describe it. The songs are kind of folksy. They're just very chill, but her, her voice is beautiful, but it's not like she's not trying to be Ariana Grande. Like it's very, it's very relaxed listening, but I just have really, really enjoyed listening to it. I've been playing her music on repeat ever since. And the two songs that I really, really love are Wild Side and Bullshit on the Internet. I just think both of those have such good hooks. I think that the lyrics are great and I don't know. I just, I really am loving it. So I wanted to tell you guys about it. She has a lot of songs out and like on Spotify, there are some that are kind of in the top played, I guess, that have a lot of listens. And those aren't even the ones that I like the most. They're from her latest album. And that album is called I Can't Let Go. And it's not too many songs, maybe like 10 songs, but I like it. I really do. So I wanted to share with you guys. So if you liked Daisy Jones and the Six, you might give this a listen. I also, and I told you guys this when I was reviewing that show, that I didn't really love their singing voices. I didn't really love the music, but it totally grew on me. And now I'm listening to the soundtrack on Spotify. So I've had a change of heart. I think it just Got, it took a little getting used to for me, but the Suki Waterhouse music, Suki, whatever, however you pronounce her name, I really like it. Like if you're in the mood for something just like relaxing and soothing to listen to on a walk or in the car or taking a bath, it's just like, oh, I just, I just can't get enough of it. And then the other thing that I'm really enjoying listening to right now is Shameless. It's a podcast. And I think Things I Bought and Liked is the person who talked about it on Instagram. That's where I first saw it. But it's these two Australian hosts, co-hosts, who deep dive into various pop culture phenomenons. So celebrity scandals. They have multi-part series on various celebrities like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, the Hadids. Lindsay Lohan is what I'm listening to currently. And it basically just examines their life in the public eye, the various scandals that happen while, you know, they're famous and all of that. And it's, it's really detailed and I'm learning things that I had no idea about. So like, 
Obviously, everyone is really into Sophia Richie's wedding this weekend. Absolutely love her style. I think all the Chanel outfits were incredible. They got married at Hotel du Cap Eden Rock, which I have visited. Actually, I never stayed there, but I went there for dinner and walked around the grounds. It is an incredible property. But anyway, in the Shameless Scandal podcast on Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton, I had no idea that Nicole Richie wasn't actually Lionel Richie's daughter. He adopted her from um, an ex-bandmate who was like a, a drummer and couldn't afford to take care of her. And so Lionel Richie and his wife adopted her. I thought that was such a crazy revelation. I'd never heard of that before. And I feel like I followed Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton pretty, pretty closely back in the day. I mean, during the early aughts, they were so famous, the simple life and all of that. And so it really took me back very nostalgic (laughs) to talk about them and their importance in the zeitgeist. But I've just been really running low on podcasts that I'm enjoying. So this is a great addition. I have been absolutely loving it. I'm listening to it nonstop. And luckily there are 500 episodes. (laughs) So you've got a lot of content to go through if you are looking for a new one to add to your weekly rotation. Plus, it doesn't hurt that they have Australian accents because it makes it all the more entertaining and charming. And I just love the co-hosts. I think they're great and they're very well researched. So it's just a really well produced podcast and it's just such an enjoyable listen. I hope you guys will give it a chance. It's great. Then there's one more thing that I listened to last week. It is a book called Don't Look For Me by Wendy Walker, and it's a thriller, but it didn't actually ever get that scary. So that's one strike. If it's going to be a thriller, I want it to really be intense and really hook me and kind of get me scared or nervous for whoever the main person is. So it didn't have that. I didn't love the narrator. She... She wasn't terrible. It was just like certain words were bothersome. The way she said me, it was like may <laughs> every time. It was so bad. So I don't know what kind of accent that is, but it was just, it was something that I hyper-focused on as I was listening. Every time she said the word me, I just like, it was like nails on a chalkboard. And I also, like, it wasn't that compelling of a story. Like I said, it wasn't, it was supposed to be a thriller and it wasn't that thrilling. And I kept losing focus, like my brain would wander. I was not paying attention the whole time, which could partly be my fault, but I think partly it's the story too. It just wasn't that exciting. So, you know, I probably would give that book a two out of five. It just wasn't very compelling. And I didn't love the narrator. Jumping back just a bit, because I forgot to mention this before, the next book I have on my list to listen to is Paris Hilton's memoir, which I totally blame (laughs) Shameless for inspiring that download, but I will report back. I'm hoping to start reading it in the next couple days, so hopefully next week or the following, I'll have a review for you, but I just, all you guys know I love a celebrity memoir, so I'm excited to hear her take on all of the things. And then a show that I and literally everyone else on the internet is absolutely obsessed with right now is The Diplomat. It stars Carrie Russell as a newly appointed ambassador for the U.S. in the U.K. And the show follows her as she adjusts to this new role. And she's also struggling in her marriage. Her husband's kind of a manipulative bastard. (laughs) He is obviously out for himself and he pretends to be supportive of her and really encourages her, but it's clear that he has ulterior motives. And so she's dealing with stuff at work. She's dealing with stuff at home. She is absolutely killing it in this role. Her character is very blunt and to the point and direct, which is kind of something you would expect from a government figure. And while she's in this role, she's also being looked at for a VP position back in the United States. And so her her helpers in the UK are really trying to improve her appearance. She does not like fashion. She always kind of looks like a mess. So they're trying to kind of coif her and make her into something she's not. It's just a really intelligent show. The writing is phenomenal. The acting is incredible. And boy, do they leave you on a cliffhanger. The last episode is so good. I I cannot wait for season two. I don't know when that will be out. Hopefully they'll be quick about it, but cannot recommend this enough. If you love a political thriller, it definitely feels thriller like, even though it's not necessarily that scary. It's more just like tense the whole time. Usually I wouldn't think this is my kind of show, but I just think it is so well made that I have to like it. I'm usually not a fan of anything government or politics related, if I'm being honest, but I really, really enjoyed this show. All right, before we get into my New York City trip recap, let's hear a word from this week's sponsors.
someone who values sleep more than most things in life, making my bed as comfortable and cozy as possible is a major priority for me. I recently swapped out the sheets on my bed to Cozy Earth's bamboo sheet set, and it has been a total game changer. The sheets I had on my bed before were fine, but they were pretty crisp and stiff, which is not something I love. I feel like that's something that you see often with sheet brands, though, is that they were wanting them to be really crisp and clean looking and like fine lines. But what I want is comfort and softness. Cozy Earth's bamboo sheets are so incredibly uniquely soft. It feels like you're snuggled up in a cloud. I'm dead serious. And they only get softer with every wash. I love how smooth and silky they feel on my skin and they make my bed feel like an actual oasis versus just some place I sleep. Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulating and is available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. All products come with a 10 year warranty and are responsibly sourced. I have the bamboo sheet set in white and I'm thinking about getting it for my guest room so my out of town visitors can sleep in the same luxurious comfort. Oprah has described their bedding as the softest ever, and I couldn't agree with her more. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners. Enjoy up to 35% off site-wide when you use code Beck and Call. Go to CozyEarth.com and use code Beck and Call at checkout to save up to 35% off site-wide. Spring is officially here and summer is well on its way, which means it's time to swap out your wardrobe for the season. If you're in the market for chic, casual basics for wearing all season long, look no further than Jenny Kane. If you live somewhere hot like I do, the Riviera slip dress would make an excellent addition to your closet. This breezy style is one you can throw on and go with flat sandals and a tote for a casual day out or top it with a leather jacket and heels for a sexy date night look. It's a core piece you can dress up and down all season long. And if you haven't tried their iconic leather knot sandals, then you haven't felt true comfort. Buttery soft leather gives them an elevated touch and they work well with just about everything. I got them in taupe, but they also come in black or a versatile olive green. You really can't go wrong with any of those neutrals. They're the only shoes you'll want to reach for this spring and summer. Jenny Kane believes in one thing, the art of simplicity. With a focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design, Jenny Kane makes pieces that truly never go out of style. Find your forever pieces at Jenny Kane and get 15% off with promo code beckoncall at jennykane.com slash beckoncall. All right, what you guys have been waiting for. Let's get into my New York trip recap. So... I think I may have mentioned this in last week's episode, but I decided to treat myself on this trip to first class plane tickets, which is not something I ever do. I am very cheap when it comes to air travel because, you know, it's just it feels like you're just throwing money away. Truthfully, like I'm much more willing to spend money in on a hotel because sleep means so much to me. I want to be in a good bed. I also want to be in a great location. But in terms of flying I really, that's a place where I like to save money. I often use credit card points or airline miles to book flights. I am as cheap as it gets when it comes to flying. But this time, because it was my first trip of the year, it's my first kind of venturing outside of Texas. And, you know, New York is just a glitzy, glamorous place. And I just felt like splurging on myself. So I ended up buying first class tickets on American and it was just lovely. It was just what I needed. I will say it was really nice being able to check a bag and get it right away. If you fly first class, it comes off the carousel first. So that was pretty exciting. It's it's kind of silly, the stuff I get excited about, but I was excited about that because I definitely checked a bag. I had a lot of outfits that I wanted to take. I needed options. The weather was kind of all over the place. It was supposed to be kind of in the 40s to 60s. So kind of like Carmel weather, but didn't want to dress for Carmel. It's definitely the city. Got to have more of a sleek, modern approach to how I pack for that trip. But I ended up packing a leather jacket, several blazers, a tweed jacket and jeans. I actually took leather pants, which I haven't fit into in a long time. So that was exciting. I wore those Friday night and it worked out really well. I packed really kind of the perfect stuff. All you really needed was a light jacket and a tee during the day, but you did need something. And so I packed my Ghani quilted jacket. It's got this kind of scalloped collar. It's really darling. I got several compliments on it while I was out and about. I packed a striped sweater, a striped long sleeve tee, black jeans, Veja sneakers. I I just, I'm confident that I really packed the right stuff on that trip, which, which is rare. You'd think as, you'd think as a fashion blogger, I would be really good at that by now, but I always underestimate or overestimate the weather. It's never on point. I always either pack too hot or too cold everywhere I go and not enough options, I guess, not enough layering things. So I did a really good job this trip and I'm proud of myself. 
On this trip, I stayed at the Marlton Hotel, which is like Greenwich Village, West Village area. It is right by Washington Square Park. And I have stayed there before a couple of times. I was there in 2016 for sure, but I think I stayed there the year before that as well when I visited. Um, It's a small boutique hotel. Like all New York hotels, the rooms are minuscule, like 100 square feet, 150 square feet. But I actually really enjoyed my room. I actually had a small little space that I could do a Sculpt Society workout one morning. And the bathroom was great. The uh, water pressure in the shower was incredible. Like I need to call my plumber at home because it needs to be just like that. It was so amazing. (laughs) I just want to be pelted with water. Like I don't need a little slow trinkle, little, little drip drip here. I want a full monsoon coming down on my head. And I got that in that shower. The bed wasn't very comfortable. And I will say the The hotel itself just seemed a little worn down since my last visit. I mean, it has been almost a decade, but they probably need to do a little touch up here, I will say. Now, the bar and lounge area is very poppin'. I actually didn't spend any time there on this trip, but people are always coming in and out and spending time there. It's kind of a good spot for that. But the location is pretty great. Like I have several friends that live in the West Village area. That's primarily where I go out to dinner a lot is West Village. I love the shopping in Soho. It's very convenient for that. And so I will say, I think the Marlton is a great location. Like I said, I think the rooms are attractive. The bed wasn't comfortable and it just felt a little worn in. So just to know that now on my way to the hotel, I was looking at, you know, the map and bad review caught my eye. And so I opened it up and there were a lot of bad reviews from this last year. And so I started getting anxiety as I was heading to the hotel, but luckily I didn't have any bad experiences like that. I will say they really should have some kind of doorman that's helping with bags and taxis, which they do not. Or if they do, they were never there when I was there because I had a pretty big bag. I did manage to get it up there by myself. It was fine. But when it came time to leave for the cat, like leave for the airport, I asked the the people at the front desk. I was like, is there somebody? Can y'all call a cab? Like they they wouldn't even call from the front desk. Like, I don't know. You'd think I feel like New York used to have a system where you could just call and have a cab sent. They wouldn't do that. So I had to walk down the street and I'll get I'll get to that story because that story is actually at the end of this trip recap. But I had an interesting situation happen while I was trying to head to the airport. So that would probably be my biggest irritation aside from it just kind of feeling worn down was the staff wasn't like super helpful. They were really friendly, but they like wouldn't lift a finger to call me a cab and there was no one to help with the bags. So if that's something that you really want out of a hotel experience, then maybe don't stay at the Marlton. There are plenty of other hotels in the city. So maybe do some research and find some other ones. I was talking to my friend Megan, who I saw on this trip, and she she recommended I stay at the Bowery next time and said that's like the current real hot spot. It's also a big hot spot for celebrities, as I've seen on Demois occasionally. So that may be the next place I try. Although I would really, really love to go back this fall and stay somewhere for like two weeks. And I know Airbnb is sort of a challenge there because they've changed the laws and how you know, rentals work there because so many of the buildings are apartments and condos. And so I know there are stricter rules about that, but I would love to find a more extended stay option because hotels are so expensive. And this trip was just way too short. On my first night in New York, I had dinner plans with my friend Patty and we made reservations at two different places. And she made one for 530 at the Polo Bar, which I've been to a couple of times before and love it. But like 530 is early. Like if I've already been there, like I get the hype and I love it, but I didn't want to go to dinner that early. And so I made another reservation, which also was fairly early at 630, but that just sounded better. No, it was 615, but even still 45 minutes later would have been better. And so we actually went to dinner at Waverly Inn, which is one of my favorite places in New York. But Patty pointed this out and I think she's totally right. It's a great place in the fall winter because it's so cozy and a lot of the food is very cozy as well. Like they have pot pies, they have steak, they have really good warm food items. I think I remember getting a hot toddy there one time actually, but 
I love that restaurant. It's beautiful inside and the weather was great and they had a lot of patio seating, but we sat inside and we ended up ordering oysters and a salad. And then I got this truffle crusted lamb, which came with this asparagus kind of flan. That's what they called it. It was more like a souffle, honestly, which I prefer. (laughs) I don't love the texture of flan. Flan is like a custard. This tasted more like a souffle, which like I said, I preferred. And then there was this, uh, split pea puree underneath. Very delicious meal. And then after that, we went back up to the Upper East Side, which is where Patty resides. And we had drinks and dessert at the Lowell Hotel, which she said has been kind of her favorite place lately to grab fancy drinks. And so we got drinks there and we ordered a passion fruit souffle. So it was my second souffle of the night. You guys know I love a souffle and you know I love passion fruit. Passion fruit has been kind of an obsession of mine this last year. So that was really exciting when I I found out they had that flavor of souffle. There were a couple of other options, but I absolutely had to order the passion fruit. And although I don't feel like I drank that much that night, I drank different drinks throughout the evening. I started with a vodka martini. I had two glasses of red wine. And then I had a Manhattan, which was the largest Manhattan I've ever had. Um, it was in a huge glass and it was filled to the brim. So maybe that's why Patty likes this place because they do a stiff pour at the Lowell, but I ended up getting home by midnight and not going to lie, had a bit of a headache the next morning, but still managed to go on a very long walk. I walked on the West Side Highway. I walked on the High Line and then I walked back through Chelsea and West Village back to the hotel. And by the time I got back to the hotel, I was like, I think I need to get back in bed for a little bit. So I got back in bed still in my athleisure outfit from my very leisurely walk. I did not overexert myself. No sweat was expelled. I was very clean, but I got back in bed to rest for a little bit. And when the time came for me to start getting ready, I kind of decided I didn't want to. (laughs) I texted Megan and I was like, are you, what is your, what are you going to wear today? Like what's, what's the vibe going on? And so we decided athleisure was the way to go. So I just stayed in my workout clothes, did not put on any makeup. So I went to brunch in workout clothes with no makeup on and then went shopping afterwards looking the same way, which if you're listening, if you know me, if you follow me on Instagram, I bet you never thought you'd see the day that that would happen. I always love to get dressed. I like looking my best. I feel often embarrassed when I'm in clothes like that, but I just, you know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it together to make myself look really presentable. And honestly, I feel more like a New Yorker when I'm dressed that way. I feel like people are definitely more casual in the city than they are in Dallas. I feel like it just looks like I walked out of my apartment and went shopping or something. And so there, that was sort of fun <laughs> to pretend like I was a city slicker. But I've got to say our brunch at Jolene was so good. Before we sat down, I was like, I'm not that hungry. Like I, I, like I said, I think I just over imbibed a little bit the night before and wasn't feeling too hot. So I wasn't sure how much I was going to eat. But as soon as the food was in front of me and I had a bite, I was all in. I had an omelet with borson cheese and it had a like greens next to it. And it also came with this large piece of buttered sourdough. It was so good. I made a little sandwich (laughs) out of the eggs or out of the omelet and the sourdough. It was everything I needed in that moment. And Megan got a breakfast sandwich, which also looked delicious. It had these red peppers on it. She loved it. It was a cute vibe too. It's a really small restaurant, but they do have some patio seating. We sat inside. I will say the service was really fast at the beginning, but as soon as we got our food, they didn't come back for like an hour, which I guess is fine. But like, they didn't even come back to take our plates or anything. We were just kind of sitting there. (laughs) We had to flag someone down eventually when Megan had to go, but really enjoyed that. I will definitely be trying Jolene again. It was really cute. And it's over by Lafayette kind of Soho area. After brunch, I just sort of wandered around Soho and popped in every shop that exists. Now I had the most success at Patbo, which is a brand that I've seen online a bunch, but I've never tried it on. I've never seen it in stores and they now have their own boutique in Soho. And so I popped in there looking like a mess, looking like a hot mess and tried on a bikini and cover up. I tried on this fabulous fringe maxi dress. It's sort of a midi dress, honestly, on me, but I I think it's labeled as a maxi dress, but it's this tan knit. It's got metallic threading in it and it's got cutouts at the bodice and it also has fringe all over it, which, you know, I don't think I would ever have ordered that online, 
But the fact that it was in store and I could feel it and I was like, you know, I'm already here. Might as well try it on. I'm so glad I did. It is fucking phenomenal. This dress is so fire. I felt so hot in it. I absolutely had to buy it. They didn't have a six in store. So I tried on the eight and the eight was too big in the boob area. And so I ordered the six online and that should be arriving in the next few days. So I'll report back on that. If the six is too small, I'm going to order the eight again and just try to get the top part taken in. But it is just so gorgeous. I don't really have an occasion to wear it, but I do think it's something that I could just wear to dinner and dress it down with like flat sandals. Like, I don't think it has to be for a special occasion. So anyway, I'm really excited about that purchase. I just felt really confident and hot in it. And, you know, I'm 35. I'm not going to get any younger, so I might as well embrace sexy outfits like that while I still can. (laughs) I also ended up buying the bikini I tried on. It's like a tropical print. It's a bandeau style top, which I normally can't wear because of my large boobs, but it also is a strap. So that's helpful. And then a high rise bottom. And I got this short cover up. They didn't have it in store. So I ordered it online at Saks, I believe. And it came today and I tried it on and it's perfect. So really, really happy about those purchases. It was one of the first stores that I walked in and I was surprised to have found things so quickly. I feel like in New York, I always find something. I mean, it's impossible not to find something, but I feel like it usually takes me a while. And typically I like to get the lay of the land before I make any big purchases, but I just was really feeling myself in those items and I didn't want to let them go. So I bought three things on my first day in the city. And I was very happy with those purchases. I cannot wait for the weather to warm up so I can wear them. I also went in bigger stores like Celine and Chanel and didn't end up finding anything mostly because they just didn't have anything in stock. Like I, I wanted to try on two different pairs of shoes at Celine didn't have a 40 in either of them. I went to Chanel. They didn't have many bags that I was attracted to and the shoes that I wanted, they didn't have my size. So it's definitely a stock issue. I probably would have purchased something from one of those stores had they had my size. So, you know, stock was just an issue, but it's always fun to look. And I think that's one of the things that really invigorated me, reinvigorated me on this trip was I'm not somebody who shops in person that much in Texas, mostly because the stores don't have that good of stuff here. Even though we have a Highland Park Village Even though we have great stores at North Park Mall, I feel like, again, stock is an issue. There's always more online, but there's just nothing like being in store, putting your hands on the clothes, feeling them, trying them on. There's something so exciting. And I just, I missed that, I guess. And New York always has the best of everything. So that's why it's so fun in New York for me is they usually just have so much. They might not have the size of everything you want, but they have so many more pieces available in store than their other stores around the country or exclusives that wouldn't be in Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom or whatever. And so it's so fun to shop in New York for that reason. After I spent several hours shopping, I feel like I was shopping for maybe three, four hours. I decided to head uptown a little bit for ice cream. So I don't know if I've mentioned her on here, but I have a friend named Alex Rychek, who is a food blogger and restaurant blogger in Austin, but she used to live in New York and visits pretty often. She has a lot of friends up there still. And she had just, right as I was leaving for New York, she had just posted a list of where you should be eating in New York right now. So of course I had to pour through it and see if there was anything I would be able to hit up while I was in the city. And the one place that really stood out to me was Cafe Pana or Pana. It's a famous Italian ice cream place over by Union Square. And so it was kind of a hike to get up there. I think it was like a 30 minute walk, but you know, I was in workout clothes. So that worked out really well. I was in sneakers, very comfortable. And you know, it was mid afternoon. I was ready for a sweet treat. And so I made my way up. I started walking and I got there within about 30 minutes. And then, of course, there was an incredibly long line because it's famous. Like people go there. It's just ice cream. People go there just for that. And so I got in line and I think the line took about 30 minutes. So all in all in, it was like an hour of me getting this ice cream. But it actually turned out great because there was a couple in line behind me who I started talking to because, of course, they had a French bulldog puppy. There are so many Frenchies in the city. Literally every turn. I saw a new one. I didn't go up to every Frenchie owner, but I definitely said hi to a couple and showed off my Frenchie. (laughs) Oh, we're such a community. Anyway, 
Uh, I started talking to this couple and they were really nice. And her husband was originally from Plano and I guess his family was there. So we talked about that, but they kept me company while we were waiting in line to order this ice cream. But once you got up to order, it took them like two seconds to pump the ice cream out. But the ordering process took a long time. But I ended up ordering Odd's Dream, which was a vanilla ice cream with a peanut butter swirl. I got one scoop of that and then I got one scoop of the Oreo Oh, what was it called? It was called, it was Oreo something. It was basically like vanilla ice cream with Oreos chopped up all in it. Um, with like Oreo, they call it Oreo brittle, but it's like really finely shredded Oreos. So naturally knew I was going to love that. I got both of those in a cup with more Oreo brittle topped with fudge. It was so delicious. It might be the best ice cream I've ever eaten in my entire life. I 100% get the hype. I would 100% do the hike again, wait in the line again, and try something else. They also do affogados. They have specialty Sundays, um, but it's best to go early because they can sell out of stuff throughout the day. I went at like 3.30 and everything that I wanted was still available, but I definitely would recommend going earlier in the day. Like don't go after dinner if you want to make sure that the thing you want is in stock, but it's 100% worth the wait. Definitely check out Cafe Pana or Pana. And Pana, I guess, is whipped cream. And so they also are really known for this whipped cream. I didn't want it. I don't love whipped cream. Like I like it, but I prefer just ice cream by itself. And so next time I'll have to try it with the whipped cream. But this time I just wanted unsullied ice cream. Then that night, I went to dinner with my friend Mallory at St. Theo's, which is such a fun vibe. I would say the food is okay. Like, I don't think it's the best Italian food I've ever eaten, but you're really there for the energy, the ambiance. It's great music. The bar scene is fun. Uh, We had a great time there. And then we met up with some of her friends. We went to American Bar, and then we went to this place called Hudson Clearwater, which was down the street and really cute. It was like right at closing, so we only stayed there for one drink. But Hudson Clearwater was a really cute, intimate place. Like, it would be great for date night. But we sat at their marble bar, and I got to meet some of her friends, and it was really fun. But then we obviously were closing down the restaurant, so we went back to St. Theo's for one more drink. And it was a really fun night. I ended up not going to sleep until like 2 a.m., but surprisingly felt better Sunday morning than I had on Saturday. And I definitely had had just as much to drink, but I'd stuck with tequila. I really think that's the key, man. It's the key. But both nights were so fun. Sunday, I had so much time. I woke up early. I'm just like an early bird. I've told you guys this. And especially on vacation when I'm not in my own bed, I'm hearing the city sounds outside or like at the Marlton, I felt like the doors were, or the walls were not super thick. I could hear what was going on and the door, all of the rooms are kind of placed fairly close together. Like there are two other doors as you walk out your door right next to you. So I feel like that contributed to the extra sound, but I did not sleep super well on this trip. I woke up really early, both mornings at like six 30 or seven 30. And I, would have gone on a walk. What I wanted to do was go to Central Park and go on a walk, but it was really raining. So that wasn't an option. So I walked over to Maman and got a coffee and I got a pistachio chocolate croissant and it was delicious. It had this like custard in it. It must've been pistachio custard or something, but I was not expecting that. I just thought the pistachio was on the top. It was divine. It was such a nice little sweet breakfast treat. And then I went back to my room and relaxed. I did a couple of Sculpt Society quickie workouts and then got ready for my late brunch. And my brunch wasn't until one, which I guess isn't that late. But when you wake up at 7 a.m., it feels like a long time. And I I went over to meatpacking, which was where we were eating. We were eating at Pastis expecting to like be able to shop around before lunch. I had a couple hours, so I walked over there. Y'all. It was really sad. So many of the stores that I remembered being there are not there anymore. And that's also true of Madison Avenue, which I discovered the next day. But the pandemic definitely did a number on the city in that way. Like Intermix was gone. They still had mannequins in the window that were naked. All the all the product was gone. It was like really depressing. I didn't find several of the stores there that used to be there. But they did have an Hermes store. They had a Louis Vuitton store open. It was the pop-up with Yayoi Kusama. And so it was all very specific, bright printed pieces, which is not really my jam, but it was fun to go in and look. I went in Hermes. Let's see. I went in Vince. 
but that was, oh, and Zimmerman was over there. So I did pop in Zimmerman, but I basically was just like killing time. Like I wish I'd planned my morning a little better or like gone to a different area or something to shop around first. I just didn't know. I didn't know that all of the stores that I was used to being open and meatpacking are no longer there. So um, anyway, lunch was great. I met up with this girl, Chris, that was on the open invites trip I went on in December and she lives in New York. And so we caught up and had brunch at Pastis, which I hadn't been back to since they'd closed. So they they were closed for a really long time. They were going to do renovations, but they ended up reopening in a different space right down the block. But it was just as good as I remember it. It's definitely still a scene, very popular. And then after brunch, I went straight to a show, which I had not planned to go to a show. My mom asked if I was going to shows and I said no. But then on my flight to New York, I was looking through some DMs and a friend of mine said that she really recommended Titanic. It's fairly new. It's off Broadway and it's a musical and it's based on the story of Titanic with Celine Dion being the main person and it's all to Celine Dion music. So that sounded really funny to me. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I have time between my brunch and dinner. That'll be a great time. Now I will say I kind of regret going just because that was a day that was actually really nice in the afternoon. It was in the morning. It was disgusting. It was like rainy and gross. But by after lunch, it was like a pretty beautiful day. So I am kind of mad that I went somewhere and was inside for like almost two hours, but it's okay. And that's fine. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny, but I will say it took me a while to warm up to it. I felt like it didn't start very strong. I didn't find it very funny right at the beginning and they weren't the best singers. And I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this when it comes to Daisy Jones and the six, but I'm just, maybe I'm just too harsh of a critic because I have a singing background and that's what I excelled at. And I went to college for it. And so I just think I have really high standards and I just didn't, the, the, the girl who played Rose this time, I thought was really fantastic. And then the guy who played Cal, they were both really great singers, but everyone else kind of seemed flat most of the time. Celine Dion specifically. And I really, I really wanted to enjoy it, but when, uh, you know, people aren't on key the whole time. It makes it less enjoyable. So that I guess was my biggest critique. It did get funnier and funnier and funnier as the show went on. I think it would be so much better if I went at night, like after dinner and I'd had a few drinks, but I was like pretty sober. I'd had one rosé at lunch, but I just like, maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace to watch a show like that in the middle of the day, but it was really funny. So if you're looking for entertainment, I would do that. If you're somebody like me who gets really annoyed with bad voices, maybe don't. Um, But yeah, I would recommend going after dinner or something or just go once you've had a few drinks or something. I think you'll find it way more entertaining. But I don't know. I I don't regret going. I just kind of wished I'd done it a different way. Uh, so that was that. And then I went to dinner with Becca Freeman, who is the co-host of Bad on Paper podcast. I hadn't seen her since my trip in 2021. So that was really nice to catch up with her and hear about her new book, which is coming out later this fall. I cannot wait to chat more about that. But until then, I think you can pre-order it. So go pre-order the book. It's the Christmas Orphans Club. We went to Charlie Bird, which I've been to before, and the food was great, although there was there was a very long period of time between our salad and the rest of our food, and they even brought us wine gratis because it was taking so long. We didn't even ask about our food. They were just like, we're so sorry for the wait. So that was sort of weird. And they're experts, like they're pros, like Charlie Bird's been around for a while, so I don't know what was going on back in the kitchen, but we had such a lovely time. And that was Sunday night. And then Monday, I spent pretty much all day shopping. I got a cab over to Bergdorf's at 10 a.m. I wanted to be there right when it opened, only to discover that they actually don't open till 11. Now, I don't know if that's something they've always done. I feel like they used to open at 10, but maybe it's the pandemic and they just never went back. I don't know. I messed that up. But anyway, no harm, no foul, because I was up there and I had not shopped Madison Avenue yet. So I just moved my plan over to Madison Avenue and I was going to do Bergdorf's after lunch. So I went up and down Madison and again, kind of met the same surprised, sad, 
lack of stores. They still have a bunch of stores, of course, but uh, like several stores had moved. I didn't realize that Hermes had moved buildings. And when I walked by Hermes and it had for lease signs, I was so sad. I was like, oh no, them too. Sort of like when Barney's closed, but luckily they were just moved into a new space, but there were several stores that used to be on Madison that are not there anymore. And so that was sort of sad. But the ones that were there, I popped into. I thought the Chanel on Madison had way more. They had so many more styles and colors, lots of different shoes. But again, they didn't have stock in what I wanted. So that was annoying. But if you're going to go shopping at Chanel, skip the Soho store. They did not have good stock. Go to the one on Madison. I ended up buying two pairs of shoes on Madison Avenue. The first pair was a pair of gold fisherman sandals by Gabriella Hurst. I have loved Gabriella Hurst ever since I discovered her pieces. And I feel like I feel like I first heard about her when she was on Net-A-Porter and then Meghan Markle validated her because she wore one of her bags on a royal engagement. And I ended up buying her Diana bag. I think that's what it was called. And I still have it. It's sort of an accordion shape. And I got the snake skin that's sort of like cream and black. It's a beautiful bag. It's like a work of art. I truthfully don't wear it that much because it's such a specific style. And it also, it's not like I can't wear it on my arm. Like it's a top handle bag, but it's beautiful. And I just have really admired her pieces ever since. So I definitely popped in there and I'd seen the fisherman sandals online and, but hadn't tried them on. I wasn't sure if they'd look good on me because they kind of can be clunky. If you've seen any styles, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google fisherman sandal, but they basically are closed toed sandals. Uh, they're kind of cage like if you will. But done well, they're really chic and they're very popular. It's definitely like the issue of the summer. And so I tried them on. They were so comfortable. It's a really bold gold color. So definitely a statement shoe, but a really comfortable wearable sandal that I think will be perfect for traveling and like any days where you're going to be walking a ton. These are a great alternative to sneakers. Now they are very pricey, but when I was at Bergdorf's, I saw that Emmy Parsons had a pair that was a little less expensive. They were maybe $300 less than the Gabriella Hurst ones, but they looked pretty identical. So check those out. And I'm sure you can find them for less other places, but really loving the fisherman sandal look. So I got those shoes. And then I was also on the hunt for shoes for my sister's wedding, which is if you're listening to this, when it comes out, it's this coming weekend. So I stopped in Gian Vito Rossi, which is one of my very favorite shoe designers. I have several pairs of his shoes and I found a really beautiful sleek pair of silver sandals. And they're square toed and a really low kitten heel, kind of a slingback style, open toe sandal, really, really chic. They didn't have my size in store, but they said they could ship them from Europe. They are not here yet. It's only Thursday as I'm recording this and I got back on Tuesday. So I'm hoping they will arrive in time next week or this week, I guess, uh, for the wedding. So very excited about that. And I just think they're going to be great evening shoes, a nice evening sandal that's not gold or nude, because as you guys know, those are my two favorite neutrals. But silver has become a recent addition to my closet. I'm really loving it and wearing it a lot more. The final thing that I purchased on this trip was a pair of sunglasses at Valentino. And they were very expensive. I don't even want to say how much they were, but I really, really love them. They are manufactured, I think he said, by like a Japanese company, which is why they're so much more expensive than the other styles that they have. But what I loved was the shape and color. The color, they had several neutral options from like a very pale beige to rose, like a rose pink. I opted for the palest beige. It looked really beautiful with my skin color. I have another pair that's got a similar beige look to it, but they're a little more translucent. This is like an opaque thick frame. So they're definitely more of a statement piece. Whereas the crew sunglasses I've talked before are like an everyday style. I really like that these frames are not tall. So they're kind of like the Dior black ones that I have that are just like really slim, very of the moment. Um, but they're also very thick, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'll share a picture of everything that I purchased on the Instagram page. So follow along at Beck and Call Podcast to check those out. But I'm really excited about those sunglasses and wearing them this spring summer. And plus, I should say, I have in the past spent more on sunglasses because I take good care of them. I knock on wood, do not lose sunglasses. I have sunglasses that I've had for over a decade that I still wear every summer. I remember this one pair that I bought actually in New York at Bergdorf several years back. They're these Gucci Swarovski Chris 
Swar- wow, I can't even say it. Swarovski crystal encrusted Gucci sunglasses. And they're an absolute statement piece and so fun. And not only did I wear them all the time when I bought them, which I think was in 2016 or 17, but they're still fun to pull out today. Like I feel like sunglasses are kind of one of those timeless things that you buy and hold on to forever. So even though they seem small and easy to break and easy to lose, I take good care of them. And so I don't mind spending more on them. But anyway, that's all I bought in terms of, you know, clothing items. I I also bought a lot of food. <laughs> I bought, I told you I bought that ice cream. I went by Magnolia Bakery and got banana pudding. Oh, I also wanted to tell you about my lunch that day. So one thing I love to do when I'm in New York and shopping along Madison or up at Bergdorf's is eat lunch at Mac. Match 65, which is a brasserie. It's French food. It's so cute. It used to be like kind of catty corner to Givenchy, but like I said, several stores were not where they were the last time I was in town and it was not by Givenchy. So I walked right by it. I totally missed it. But I went there for lunch and had a lovely lunch. Their tuna tartare is incredible. I always get it. It's so good. But I also ordered the artichoke and that was that was a letdown. I liked the sauce that they served it with, but they did not cook it long enough. I barely got anything off the leaves and that was very disappointing because that was the only other thing I ordered. But I had a lovely lunch. The weather was absolutely perfect. I sat outside by myself. I put on my AirPods and caught up on some of my podcasts that I hadn't listened to last week. So it was just a lovely solo lunch and I had the best time by myself. And that's when I walked over to Bergdorf's was after that. I also popped in Hermes because my sister is a big fan. My mom loves their belts and I wanted to see if there was anything that they might want from the store. Because as I said earlier, many of the stores have exclusive items that you can't get in your local stores. And we have a store in Dallas. It's not very big and I feel like they don't have good stuff. The Austin store I've heard has great stuff that recently opened. I want to say last summer. My sister is a big fan. She goes a lot. Uh, So I stopped in and got my mom a couple of belts. She loves She already has several of the buckles, but she wanted new belt straps with different color options. So I got her a couple of those. And then my sister wanted the sheep sandal. They're in these sheepskin shoes. They're slides. They're sort of tan suede on the outside, sheepskin lined. And they're spelled like Kuiper, C-H-Y-P-R-E, but pronounced sheep, she said. Clearly, I am not read up on Hermes and what all the things are, but she certainly is. And we did find her something that she liked. And I was glad I was able to help them with that. So I did that, then went to Bergdorf's and then was taken straight from Bergdorf's to Megan Donovan's apartment in Brooklyn. And I shouldn't even say apartment. It's a home. She bought her place last year or was it 2020? I don't know. She bought it recently in the last couple of years, and it is absolutely stunning. She lives in a beautiful neighborhood in Brooklyn that is just so picturesque, idyllic. Apparently, she lives close to like John Krasinski, which I'm very jealous about. Um, but I just had the best time checking out her her place. I keep wanting to say apartment. Checking out her beautiful home. It is just so beautifully decorated. She just has done such an incredible job making that space her own. And she and Carly Hill and I went up to the rooftop and had some rosé and she has an incredible view up there. It was so awesome. Uh, I was just like totally floored with how incredible her place was. And I'm so jealous. Like it definitely got my wheels turning about maybe one day having a place there because it's just uh, to be in the city. It just there's just nothing like it. And after about an hour on the roof, I was sad to go because I'd gotten there a little bit late with traffic. I just you never know how long it's going to take to get somewhere there. And I didn't know how long I was going to take to get to Brooklyn. So anyway, that's on me. But I had to leave to go to dinner with my friend Lauren, who used to work for Moto Operandi, and she is now freelance PR. She does her own PR. But it was really fun. We went to a place called Cucina Alba, kind of in Chelsea which is a chic little Italian place. It's really beautiful. The ambiance is perfect. Like even down to the little printed sconce shades, like every little detail was very well thought out and felt very Italian and adorable. We ordered a lot of food. We ordered this escarole salad, which it looked beautiful, but it was a little too bitter for me. I don't, I don't think I love escarole. I don't know, but I think anybody who would like it would probably enjoy it, but I didn't love that. But we got zucchini flowers, which were fried and stuffed with cheese. They were so much spicier than I expected. She and I both thought they were really spicy. And I love spicy food. Like I live in Texas. I eat salsa. I love spicy Indian food. I love heat. 
but that was really spicy for what it was. And it was totally unexpected. Still very good, but just like my mouth was on fire. We also ordered, I think it was tuna crudo hamachi of some kind. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was really good. It had some ginger. It had some grapefruit, uh, really tasty. And then for our entrees, we had the halibut, which had sort of a brioche crust. It kind of looked like dressing or stuffing that you'd have at Thanksgiving, like little, little square pieces, little cubes of bread on top of it, which was a really nice texture. It added a great crunch. That was so delicious. And then the other thing we split was the truffle agnolotti, which was really tasty, but it was kind of sweet, which I also wasn't expecting and honestly would have preferred it hadn't been sweet. Normally I'm cool with a sweet and savory flavor, but with mushrooms and cheese, I was expecting it to be more savory and the filling was definitely sweeter than I would have liked. The sauce was incredible and it was all very good, but that would just probably be my one note. But Lauren showed me after dinner that they have a bar next door. It's by the same restaurant it's the same decor and it's like so fabulous. And so I definitely want to check that out on my next trip. They are not closed or they are not open on Monday and we went to dinner on Monday, so it was not open, but apparently it's very lively and fun the rest of the week. So definitely check that out. Now I do have to admit my stomach did not react well to something I ate that night. I got home and I was planning to eat the macaroons that I'd purchased at Lauderay earlier in the day at Madison. But then I got kind of distracted on my phone. I was probably playing on my phone and posting a recap of my day for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I suddenly started feeling really sick. I had the worst cramping and not like period cramps, like it felt like someone was squeezing and twisting my stomach. I felt nauseous, but I didn't get sick. I just felt terrible. Like I felt like something was about to happen. And so I turned off the lights and went to bed. I was like, okay, I'm not eating these macaroons, gonna save these for a later date. And I felt like such shit. And in the middle of the night, I don't know how long I was asleep. I might've been asleep for an hour. It could have been 30 minutes. I fell asleep right away. Like it hit me and I just felt bad. So I turned off the lights, went to sleep. And I mean, the cramping got so bad. I almost started crying. Luckily it didn't last long. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what happened next, but I did not feel great. And then I felt better, but it was definitely something I ate. I don't know what it was. It could have been the tuna. It could have been the, that's kind of what I think it was, but it also could have been the zucchini because the zucchini was so spicy. And like, sometimes when I eat really spicy food, my stomach will get upset, but not like that. I've never had anything like that. I've had food poisoning before, which was a totally different feeling where you're like sweating and nauseous and it's coming out of both ends. This was not like that. This was a very different feeling. It felt like maybe I had some kind of foodborne illness, not necessarily food poisoning, but something just did not sit right in my stomach. So luckily I felt fine the next morning, but the last night in New York was not pleasant. I did not feel great that night. I did not sleep well. Um, Luckily I was well on my way the next day and I also decided to treat myself with a bagel, (laughs) which I think was the smart thing to do. Lots of carbs, something bland in my stomach. And I pulled my Instagram audience for where I should go. And a lot of people said Murray's, but the reviews online didn't look that great. And several people had also said Bagel Pub. And that was like right around the corner from the Marlton. So I walked over there. It was awesome. They had so many different kinds of schmear. They had an Oreo schmear, which I should have tried because it looked so good. Maybe that's like a special one they do sometimes. They also had a Shirley Temple schmear. I mean, crazy, crazy flavors. They also had like more traditional things. I did not opt for the Oreo because I'd had Oreo a few days before in that ice cream. I wanted something a little less crazy. And so I got a cinnamon raisin bagel toasted with walnut honey cream cheese. It was so perfect. It was the perfect last meal on my trip and it made me feel good. It was so decadent and delicious. And I will definitely be going back to Bagel Pub. I was really happy with that. They also make really good coffee. So thank you to everyone who recommended that. And I recommend it if you're looking for a solid bagel. And somebody said this when I was posting where I went, they were like, even a shitty bagel in New York pretty much beats bagels anywhere else. And that's true. But I do think they do a good bagel at Bagel Pub. 
And then as I was packing up and leaving the hotel, I mentioned earlier that I'd asked the front desk if they could call a cab. They said no. And so I got my bag out, took it out on the front porch, kind of lingered around for a minute to see if a cab was going to be coming down the street because it's a one way street. So I looked for a minute and then decided, no, I'm going to walk to the left and go to the street that kind of runs right into Washington Square Park because it's a bigger street, multiple lanes there's better likelihood I'll get a tag there or cab there. But before I did, I was like walking out of the hotel and I saw this woman also with luggage. Just, I clocked her. I just saw her and I walked to the left to go hail a cab and I got one. And as I was handing my bag, my large big Bertha rolling luggage to the man, a woman, not the woman I saw, but a woman was like, are you going to LaGuardia? And I like was startled and I automatically said yes. And she pointed to her friend who was the girl that I'd seen outside the hotel. And she was like, would y'all, would you like to ride with my friend and split the cab? And I automatically just my, my reflex was like, no, (laughs) which is like so rude. Now that I think about it, I was very rude, but I was so startled. Like I was physically getting in the cab, handing my bag off, like, I don't know. It just, the timing was weird. The fact that I saw her outside the hotel and she followed me to the edge of the street. Like it was so quick. That's why I was like weirded out. And I felt kind of surprised and startled. And so I posted this query on Instagram to see what other people thought if that was weird. And apparently people do this in New York, but it's not that common. Like I had some people say absolutely would do that to split the cost going to the airport, which is great. I think that's awesome. But like, I don't know. I would have preferred like her say something as she saw me come out with my luggage so we could have a conversation versus like coming up behind me and surprising me and asking as I'm physically getting into the car. I don't know. It just it threw me off. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, so she she saw me with the luggage, didn't say anything and then followed me to the edge of the street where I walked to go get a cab. Like I walked down the block. That was weird. And I didn't even think about this, but a lot of the submissions about that were like, no, she might have gone and then scammed you and made you pay for the whole thing. Or, you know, anyone could be a murderer. People are crazy these days. I didn't even think about all of that. I was just like so startled and surprised. So I'm glad I said no, but I just it made me think, am I the asshole for being like, no, you can't share my taxi. But then there's like also Uber pool for this specific reason. I don't know. I just, I was, I was unsure of how to handle it. And also I don't think I handled it probably the best way I could. I could have been more friendly, but I just was so surprised as it was happening. Like it, the way that it was handled on both sides was probably not the best way to secure a ride, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, that happened to me. And then I got to the airport and I was like stressing that I was going to run into her. Cause at that point I just felt bad. I was like, I could have been like, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. I just, I was surprised. Like I said, but anyway, I made it home. The flight was really easy, got home and I've just been playing catch up the last couple of days. And that is pretty much my trip recap. Let me look through my Google doc. I usually have a Google doc that that has bullet points. I want to make sure I didn't forget anything. I already told y'all what I bought. Oh, I forgot one thing that I bought. I tried on this Masoni dress at Intermix and wasn't sure about it, but after everybody was like, get this dress, I ordered it online and I had a gift card at my Teresa and they had it there. So I ordered it there and I'm excited to get it in the mail. So that was exciting. Let's see what else, what else, what else? I think that's it. I think that's about all I had to share about my trip. But like I said, it was such an amazing trip. I had the very best time catching up with all my friends. I had some incredible meals and it just really made me want to go back. Like I was so sad to leave on Tuesday. Like I was already looking at Airbnbs, even though that's sort of like not the thing to do these days in New York. I need to figure that out. I need to figure that aspect out when I want to go for longer, but like, it really makes me want to want to get an apartment there. Like I would love to get a, like a tiny studio and it still would be very expensive. I'm sure, but it would just be so fun to be able to go anytime, stay as long as I want. I could bring my dog, just like have a place in the city. How fun would that be? I don't know. I just, I left feeling so inspired, so creatively charged, re-energized. It was just the best trip. I truly can't recommend a visit to New York City enough. You guys, the city is not dead. Go back, go shop, go eat your hearts out. It's so fun.
guys, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider giving Beck and Call a five-star rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow along on Instagram at Beck and Call Podcast for episode visual guides, audio clips, and more. And you can also follow me at Merit Beck for fashion, travel, and lifestyle content. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.